This week on Low Earth Orbit, we review the documentary Stripped. hands, a comic strip attains a beauty and an elegance that really I'd put against any other art. The comics page is the one last bastion of really happy thoughts. Words and pictures are just magical, have been around forever. Comics can be a beautiful work of art, can be an amazing work of literature. And as long as newspapers are in business, there will be a place for syndicated comic strips. It is a dark day for the newspaper industry. The Rocky Mountain News, the oldest paper in Colorado, printed its last issue today after failing to find a buyer. And other papers could suffer the same fate. It's a little scary for us because we're cartoonists. <laughs> you know, we're not financiers and we're not entrepreneurs generally. Imagine if you're us. I made it in syndication. I did something that is a one in a 36,000 shot. You got in the NBA. I got in the NBA. All of a sudden, the stadium is collapsing. Get with the times, old man. If anything, I feel like we're in a rebirth of comics right now. Sparky would say if I'm drawing Snoopy dancing, I'm thinking a happy dance. The day the first strip ran, I hid in the ladies' room and just prayed that nobody would open the paper that day. Now the interesting part is seeing where all cartooning is going. I don't know where the cartoons are going to go. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 40. I'm Justin Voss. I'm Steve Marvin. I'm Scott Stevenson. This week on Low Earth Orbit, we're talking about the documentary Stripped, uh, which is a look into the lives of newspaper comic strip artists and how they got started and what the industry is kind of like from their perspective and how it's all changing for them now that newspapers might not necessarily be around all the time. Um, this is directed by Dave Kellett and Frederick Schroeder. Um, and there's interviews with lots of really well-known, uh, comic artists, both newspaper comics actually, and some web comic artists. And we actually got Bill Watterson in this one, yeah. unlike our previous, well, the voice of, or at least the voice of Bill yeah. Watterson. Yeah. So, um, what'd you guys think, Steve? I, uh, I didn't, did not really enjoy this, this film. Yeah. Uh, um, so diplomatic. That yes. <laughs> <laughs> was very measured. That was incredible. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to find some better way of saying it, but there's. Um, yeah, that's it. Here's a list of things I like more than this film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like it. So it's divided into these different sections, right? Like, you know how how the creators kind of got interested in comics, you know, and then what their creative process is like, and how what they think of the transition between print and and you know the web, and then what they see, they see as the future. I think that's kind of the whole thing, actually. And each one starts out with someone saying like, oh, I got interested in newspaper comics by reading the, the paper during breakfast I, when I was a little kid, which is preceded by another person saying, oh, I got interested in comics by reading the newspaper on the breakfast table when I was a little kid. And they repeat this for 15 minutes of every newspaper comic creator ever remarkably having the same introduction basically to how they got interested in comics. And the next section is the same, the same way. They're like, oh, man, you know, it's like there's this deadline and we have to like, you know, you have to produce every day. And you, have, you can't you can't have creative blo writer's block and it's so stressful and it's so hard. And the next person comes on and like, yeah, you know, you have it every day. And it's like, man, it's so hard and stressful. And I, you know, you know, this this white canvas is just like, you know, just stresses me out. But somehow we do it every day. And then, and then 15 minutes of that. It's, <laughs> it's just like the whole thing could have been a little three minute YouTube video of each one saying that once. 
the complete same story which, arc. Which you, in fairness, probably wouldn't have watched either. But. No, but like, actually, if I would have watched that versus this, I would have appreciated that more because I'm like, wow, there's three minutes of like coherent thoughts here as opposed to three minutes stretched out a cor- of the course of an hour and a half. And so I don't know, that was that was my problem with it. It was just like, it was just so tedious. And repetitive? Yeah, and repetitive, yeah. I can see that. So there's there's a few little gems in there. I particularly like the little like cutscene with the hamster and the hamster wheel. <laughs> like the slow motion <laughs> of the hamster tumbling through the wheel. Yeah. So that, that was, was that good. was great. Um yeah. otherwise, yeah, I didn't really like the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you would, you would recommend the hamster portion? Yes. Right? Just cut right through the Twenty-eight minutes just, and forty seconds. <laughs> just watch YouTube videos, ham. Yeah. That's one of the show notes. Now. Right. Uh, Scott, I, I think I liked it better than Steve. Um, I in my mind, the thing I kept comparing it to was when we saw uh, Dear Mr. Watterson. Like, how does it compare to that? I like this more than that. I, th- I thought it was um, the the thing about Dear Mr. Watterson is that. Like, my favorite parts of that movie were when they were actually, like, talking to the artists. And Pearls, Pearls Before Swine Guy uh, was in both of them. Actually, a bunch of people are in both yeah. of them. And so I, I wanted more of that. And I got that more of that here. You know, more kind of, like, the what is the business like? And, like, what are the more of the details? And less about sort of Bill Watterson specifically. Although, strangely, there's actually more Bill Watterson in this one. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I, I sort of liked Dear Mr. Watterson. And I like this more than that. You know, so overall, I think I enjoyed it. The, the thing you, I mean... It's an interesting, there's interesting content here. You just kind of have to like look past the filmmaking a little bit because it's just, it is like Steve says, it's, you know, it's very repetitive. Um, and there's just some kind of weird like story choices. Like you would kind of, I guess I was hoping for more of a arc of some sort, but it's kind yeah. of a series of chapters. Yeah. And there's a lot of B roll in here that was like archival footage of like bottle tea cars and like just things <laughs> that have nothing to do with whatsoever with the comic strip. Um, so, but I mean, that's, you know, I think they probably had a limited budget if it was a Kickstarter project. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm mixed on it. I, I think it's good. You know, I think if, if you found yourself at home and, you know, one evening and you were kind of curious, like how, what's the comic strip industry like? And I mean, it's, a, it's a, a decent documentary. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, those little bits that were in there, like what it's like, like understanding the syndicates and stuff, which I mean, you got some of that from Darius Morrison as well. So yeah. I didn't really feel like I was learning a whole lot new, but there was little bits about like the history of comics. Like, yeah. oh, like the illustrators, you know, like there way back in the 1800s. Yeah. No idea. Or like, there were, well, there was the, co- the comic strip makers were celebrities like in the 50s and stuff, you know. Yeah. But like then there was other little flashback. It was very brief. We talked about like illustrators in like the 1800s or 1700s or something before yeah. photography, basically, yeah. and how like they were in huge demand and then photography came along and then they just, the bottom fell out on, under them. And, yeah. and, you know, like those bits like that, that sort of like provide some greater context to, yeah. you know, to strips, you know. I would have wished there was more of that. And they just, they were, there was frustratingly little, Yeah, you know. Um, I think there's a lot of material there. They could have made an hour and a half movie full of interesting content like that, but they just, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some weird structural things and there's some weird kind of story arc things and repetitiveness and, you know, just, it, it's it's not quite as cohesive as it could be. But, you know, I still enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, I don't regret watching it. You know, I think I pulled out some in- interesting information from that. I definitely liked it more than Jim Mr. Watterson. Um, so. What do you think, Justin? Um, I thought it was okay. You know, I think that, um, like you said, it was repetitive and it was, it was kind of hard to follow like the thread of it sometimes, you know, where you weren't actually sure, like, what are they trying to say here? I think they were just so thrilled. They got all those, you know, famous, you know, comic strip (laughs) artists to show up on their stage. They're like, we have to fit everybody in here at least, at least 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I don't know. And it felt like it flip-flopped sometimes about like what it was trying to say, especially when it came to like, well, newspapers kind of versus the web, if that's even like a versus sort of Mm -hmm. scenario. But like when the way they presented it, it seemed like at first they were arguing for one side and then maybe the other side and it wasn't clear if like that was on purpose or if they 
you know, I'm not sure. I so. think it was supposed to be unbiased, but, yeah. but you can't, I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't come yeah. off that way. It yeah. didn't come off as unbiased. It came off as they swung really hard one way and yeah. really hard the other way. And that would somehow like make it not biased. And it's like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure that's what not biased means <laughs> actually. Extremes of both. Extremes of both. Yeah. So I don't know. Cause there was, there was parts where, I don't know. They also kind of like didn't make the syndicate seem very nice or like they kind of painted yeah. them with like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. They interviewed well, the some one guys guy. from syndicate. Yeah. The yeah. one guy seems like yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. The one guy seems also like a, in Dear Mr. Wars. Yes. Right. And he does, and he does seem like a nice guy, but overall, especially with their like little fake, like fifties, like, you know, yeah. like video about like, here's how the syndicates yeah. work. And they, they only take half of your money. Like, yeah, that was an example of something I thought should not be in the movie. Yeah. It, it just was, didn't, it fell flat. It was, it was weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was just very poorly executed as well. Like it just, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there were some. I thought there were some interesting tidbits, like the whole thing with Kathy, the Kathy author. I, I did like the Kathy part, like probably of the whole thing, like, like aside from the hamsters. I probably liked the Kathy part the best. Like I was like, well, she's. I mean, she was. She had a very. She was very like a very captivating screen presence. She had a very compelling story. Yeah. Like it's much more interesting than just the you know like everybody else that was had basically all the same story. You know, which was that oh I just kept making these and sending them in and getting rejected until some one day yeah. they accepted it. You know, that was like everyone else's story over yeah. and over again. And then she had this whole different, interesting, you know, like little experience becoming a, a comic book creator. Yeah. Yeah. The, the part where they said that basically they sent her a contract the same day that they got that. I mean, th- those kind of details are really interesting. That's what you want out of a documentary. Yeah. The, the other interesting thing I thought um, it's I mean, there's it, it doesn't really fit in anywhere in particular. They, they have us got Bill Watterson's voice mm-hmm. in the film. But what's interesting is that he. I was left with the impression like he was working on a different level than anybody else. Like he he had this weird sort of like Zen state of like analyzing the situation and everybody else was kind of like struggling with, you know, oh, I, I don't really know what's going to happen with this. I don't know what's happened with that. And he's the impression I got was like, listen, this is probably going to be around for a while. I don't know what form it's going to take. And he kind of left. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like the voice of God, you know? <laughs> right. Well, he's a luxury of not being in the game anymore, too, though, right? Yeah. Like, it kind of doesn't matter That's to true. him, you know? Yeah. I mean, it may matter to him, like, emotionally or personally. It doesn't yeah. matter to, like, his paycheck. About... Well, no, it does. I mean, it's still... Well, I mean, he gets royalties yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But even if the newspapers were to dry up, I mean, do, do newspapers, like printed newspapers, still run Calvin and Hobbes today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. So well, they probably... I mean, I, I, that was the impression I got from the, the other documentary we saw, that they're they're still running, like, starting over and still running. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure he makes a lot from yeah. the books. So. Yeah. That was kind of the thing, too, that they talked about, especially with the web people. They had one newspaper person who's like, how do these guys who make yeah. comics on the Internet make any money? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. But it was cool to sort of, you know, they're basically like, yeah, well, you you know, here's they had this like little fake video game they went through. That was actually kind of that, funny. That was the, one of the best treatments yeah. of that, of one of the story yeah, yeah. elements. Because there yeah. was a lot of, you could feel the effort that went into that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there was just, there was like, well, you basically it, the comic becomes an ad for the T-shirts and the yeah. mugs yeah. and the whatever, which, you know, it's like, well, that may not be great, but... It's the reality. I mean, you got to take what you can get, right? Yeah. People won't pay to read a comic, but they'll pay to, you know, have a T-shirt mailed to them. And it's like, okay, well, take advantage of that. Yeah. Like, so I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, it just it was it was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall, the movie was all right. It kind of felt like you know it wasn't an A team that maybe <laughs> put it together, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, it was, was okay. Yeah, there were a lot of sort of frustrating inconsistencies actually just in the document, like the the documentary process itself. Like usually there was no narrate, there was no um, interviewer. Mm-hmm. But like occasionally there would be you would hear like the muffled voice yeah. of the interviewer off screen yeah. like really like and most of them they're saying yeah 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 like, 
you could edit that out really easily. There was a nice, nice gaps around, you yeah. know. And that's one of the things that like really annoys me about documentaries is when they do that. Like, I don't ever want the interviewer to appear in the documentary, like as this weird, disembodied, muffled voice off screen, you know, like never. Especially not when there's no interviewer for the first 30 minutes. And then suddenly there's an interviewer, yeah. like in the background of this one clip. Right? Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it breaks the whole illusion. Like, I love, you know, like, I mean, there's so many other options. You could have, you could have title cards, or you could have an narrator, or you could just like do a better job of framing the story such that they're, you know, their responses just sort of fit, you know, and I don't know that, that, that like, like that kind of stuff. Like there was all these things where like there was, there were these good, you know, pretty decent moments and then just like fell off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. The, the two things I want to mention is, um, despite the technical difficulties or the, the story situation, um, it is pretty inspiring. I, I personally found, you know, for, for someone who tries to, you know, draw somewhat, um, and the, it's shocking how fast and how well the people that have been doing it for a long time have been drawing. Like they, sh- they shot over yeah. at the end. They, they were there. Uh, the mutt guy, which isn't a comic strip I've ever really read, but good God, that was like guy drawing fast and accurately. And like, not with like undo. Or anything. <laughs> like, like ink, you know? It was shocking. And it's, I think it's just a testament. One of the, the, the girl who, um, what was the comic Hark? Uh, Hark vagrant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, she made an interesting comment, which was, um, you know, it's something that like you never get worse at, you know, so you're investing 20 yeah. years. You're just going to get better and better and better, yeah. better at it. And it, it's it's humbling how good those guys are drawing. The other thing I thought was interesting is that it was a pretty equal 50 50 split between people that were drawing with those conventional tools and have like a desk full of like inks and all that kind of stuff. And they have her using Cintiqs, you know, and even the people who had been doing it a while, mm-hmm. like uh, the uh, Bill Almond, you see the Foxtrot guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a Cintiq and he yeah. was drawing yeah. it, obviously, in Photoshop. Um, which is interesting because I'm sure there was this similar debate that was happening, like with the newspaper thing, you know, yeah. the transition between mediums was happening whenever that, that thing happened where everybody was saying, well, you need the, you know, the, the feel of the ink or whatever. Yeah. And everyone's like, ah, this is, <laughs> this is way easier. Let's just do this. Um, so I, you know, those little details I found interesting and I did for me personally, I, you know, I found it inspiring that somebody had the quote and I forget, I forget the girl's name. Um, the, uh, the, the redhead with the glasses she was talking about how you can just create this world entirely on your own and have that and have people follow it every single day. That's awesome. It's a ton of work, but it's also really cool where you can just say, mm, this is going to be a castle and I'm going to have 12 people in the castle. And it's just like, it's totally up to you. I thought that was very appealing. I really enjoyed that, that explanation of you know what their motivation was. I feel like they kind of touched on that in Dear Mr. Watterson too. Like a couple of the people they interviewed basically said, cartoonists are control freaks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why they get into the game is because they can be the cinematographer and the yeah. set designer yeah. and the characters and they do all the, they can do all that stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so they kind of echoed the same thing, I think. Um, what you said previously about you always get better at drawing. Mm-hmm. There was another quote, I think by the Beetle Bailey guy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you can be, he said, if you're a oh a, a bad, bad writer yeah. but a good artist, you won't make it. But yeah. if you're a good writer, you can still be a bad artist and yeah. be successful. Like, so, okay, that's cool. It's like, too bad that like cool. Randall Monroe was not in there. Like, <laughs> like that's him. Yeah, exactly. Figures. <laughs> yeah. I suspect he's a much better artist. Like having is, done it because even the early XKCDs, like the stick figures are worse. You know, yeah, and the yeah, stick yeah. figures now are like perfectly consistent. Like now it's just his style. But like yeah. previously, and, came, and like, he had this hit this whole thing like where you like oh, he ran for a little while when he was when he was like, had some sort of family emergency or something. Like he was. He, he couldn't do the do the strip for uh, the the create new strips for a while. So he like mm. basically like you know took old material he had mm. from before he like was really doing XKCD yeah. and ran that. And yeah. so there was a huge variety of styles there because he didn't really figure out what his his thing was. And some of it's really really good like visually. So mm. yeah, I think he actually is a good artist. But you know like it's it's a testament to like you know that like in that it it, it sort of like deliberately kind of puts the art to the the background mm. and so that the the actual you know the 
the narrative, you know, you know, when it comes to the fore yeah. versus a lot of other, you know, more artistic uh, strips. Yeah, totally. So somebody who can't really draw that was inspiring to be like, yeah. okay, <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> and it's strange. So I, the, one of the things I thought was interesting too is they did actually go and get Matthew Inman. Is that his name? Yeah. The Oatmeal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the Penny Arcade guys. Um, and there was a little flash of XKCD in there, but they didn't. They never talked to the guy though. Yeah. So maybe they tried why. and I don't know. But I mean, I thought busy. that it was cool that those were mixed. I mean, the Penny mm-hmm. Arcade guys got a while to talk, which yeah. is, you know, compared to some of these people that have more sort of celebrity, I guess, for somebody who might be watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that they gave them, you know, pretty equal. To be fair, they have a lot of celebrity though. Yeah. I mean, the Penny Arcade guys are, are well known in sort of that yeah, sphere. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 But uh, it, it seemed pretty. Not not entirely biased towards like the the classic, you know. Oh no, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. Although but I, wish, I wish there was the... more oatmeal because there wasn't. I mean, he wasn't really on the screen that much, but he's kind yeah. of, you know, like they didn't mention anything about the fact that like his strip got him into a position where he could like fund a Tesla museum, right? Or like all these other crazy things that he's yeah. done. You know, that would have been interesting. And they, mm-hmm. they they think they kind of talked to him during the part where they were like, "Well, how do you make money?" It's like, "Oh, you know, like I just have this following of people, and I just you know, yeah, I can sell to them." You know, not necessarily through with the comic itself, but like other things. You know, yeah. So, but I mean, that, that would have been a really obvious or not obvious, but interesting angle to say, yes, you're you're losing sort of this guaranteed money stream or whatever from the syndicate, but you mm-hmm. also gain the advantage to do stuff other than comics right. because, like, you know, I don't know who in the in the past like would would um, Charles Schultz have been in a situation to like do something else totally different? You know, right? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder too. You know, if there's a role for somebody to be a pseudo syndicate but for webcomic people you know because it seems like a lot of stuff the syndicates probably did was just make yeah. sure that money kept flowing to yeah, the yeah. artist it's like that doesn't it's necessarily that doesn't mean you know selling the comic to like print newspapers anymore but it could mean like well we'll take all the merchandising yeah. and we'll do the bookkeeping Ad- sales yeah, exactly. and we'll just you know we'll take our we'll take yeah, our they, they still they still make their money you know a lot of make their money off of advertisements you know much much the same way of the traditional model you know yeah. and so yeah that's like a lot of sites out you know outsource their their advertising you know so it yeah it makes sense that you know there's that there still be a place for that yeah one other thing I thought that was interesting too. That was again the end. I think was better than the, than the beginning. And so like that, they talk about you know, now maybe in fact be the golden age mm-hmm. of comics, yeah. just because you know now anyone can do it. In the same way that it's maybe like the golden age of like podcasts, and you know, <laughs> because like anyone just can to choose one, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, or because you know the barriers, you know, so much lower that you know the people you know with, with great talent can kind of emerge. Mm-hmm. You know, if they like may, maybe couldn't have made it, you know, through, through the syndicates because syndicates are more conservative, or they're going to let through. Mm-hmm. It's a big commitment. You know, so there's this 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 you know huge range of comics available now that went much more than there were in the past. And I thought that was also to your point earlier that you know very inspiring sort mm-hmm. of you know, take. Yeah, on anybody. It. Can, yeah, in fact, Matthew Eman said he said like if you got an idea, go go draw it, put it up. Mm-hmm. It takes yeah. you basically no skill to get something up on the web and send it to people. And I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So to play devil's advocate, I think there's a flip side to that too because I think that's all true. I think that's very cool. But um, I think it was. Um, Merlin Mann, maybe on one of his podcasts, or maybe someone who was interviewing. I don't know the details. We'll have to we'll have to link to it actually in the show notes. But they were talking to um, somebody who was involved in the music business, like back in the seventies, and they're like, "It was so hard to get picked up by a record, and you had to be really good. You know, only the really really good people got albums made and got on the radio, and so all the music from that time is all really good because you had to be really good. There's like this gatekeeper, right?" And then, you know, well, if you're a band and you want to make it, you got to sort of break in. Oh, you just need to know the guy. And you go and you make him listen to your record. And, you know, if he likes it, then maybe he'll buy it or he'll he'll go talk to the tastemakers, you know, and there's like a there's a progression that it kind of goes through. And, you know, now that anybody can just like, 
you know, throw their album up on SoundCloud or whatever, and anyone can hear it. There's no, there's no gatekeeper anymore. Mm-hmm. There's, it's not, not like in a, you know, we prevent you from getting your music. Oh, it's kind of part of it too. But there's, there's nobody who's like taste you can trust anymore. Like nobody, uh. there's like nobody that you go to who's like, oh, well, so and so liked it, therefore, you know, it must be fantastic. You know, there's like not somebody who's like being the arbiter there to decide what's good and what's bad. You're saying on the on the company side or on the consumer side? What kind of both? I think because I think for for the consumer side. It, it seems to me that like with music specifically, you tend to find bands you like through bands you already like, mm-hmm. you know, because they tend to sort of gravitate towards each other. But how do you even hear about? So if you know band A, how do you even hear about band B? Through band A. So the the band members themselves yeah. will talk about it. Okay, so that's one way. But it's just sort of like, how do you get, you know, it went from being sort of like, well, it's a, it's a small controlled party to like this huge wide open thing. And if you're one of those bands or if you're one of those podcasters, you're one of those comic creators, you're not competing against, you know... 10,000 other people who got picked up by the record. You're competing against everyone in the world who wants to put their stuff on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Like, And how do you get discovered? Like, Because now the signal to noise, you know, it's like so hard. Even if you're good, you know, are you good enough to get noticed like in this massive sea of like all this stuff? You yeah. Know? Maybe you will, but it's also like it's harder because now you can't just go to the guy who's the record company yeah. guy and just impress him. If you can impress him, you're set. Now you have to impress everybody in the whole world all at once, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's sort but, of, it, but I mean, if he's biased against you in any particular way, you know, you may be right. in, in amazing or you may be so revolutionary that he can't see it. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, that's why there's more than one guy, but it's still, it's only, it's like five guys or 10 yeah. guys. It's the people who are the gatekeepers at like wherever. And if you can get past them or if you can get one of them to take a chance on you, then you have a pretty good chance of making it. But like, now, there, there aren't those people, which is good for the people who are too revolutionary to have made it previously, but it's also kind of might be bad because now it's like, well, how will anyone hear about me? Yeah. Like, if I, if I don't already have, you know, 8,000 followers on Twitter, like, how will anyone hear about my whatever? You know, like, if you don't already have an audience, how do you how do you bootstrap that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. It just changes. It removes one of the strategic elements that you can use to your advantage. Like, if you know this guy, who knows this guy? So it, it takes out that sort of luck or or, you know shot in the dark kind of element, but then it just sort of falls back to theoretically, right? Like persistence. Yeah. Like how many, we, how many people you're, you're just trading, to? getting lucky on one thing and we're getting lucky yeah, on another. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the snitch has been taken off the field. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess we don't really recommend, I mean, I, so I would say I, I wouldn't, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think if you, you're running across and you're like, I'd like to watch a documentary and I like comics. I don't, I don't think you're going to regret watching it, but I also wouldn't say you need to go seek it out. Let's say we tilt on Netflix and you can watch it without having to buy it or, or you know, pay to rent it. So it's okay. It's worth watching. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I would rush out and like. It's pretty short too. It's only 85 minutes. Oh my God. It felt so <laughs> long to me. So I had to stop partway through and then like come back. It's like, oh, assuredly I'm like three quarters of the way through. I hit play like only a third of the I way. Could, I could see you're like sitting in the couch in the corner. You got like a towel over you. And, like, Lori's like, come on, come on. Get, 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 get some water. I was like cobwebs are growing on him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well but to be fair like 15 minutes of that i think is the credits at the end because i have to scroll through everyone on kickstarter yeah, yeah, and back yeah. to the project yes. yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah and the little song i just i fast forward through the song i didn't watch the little song that was in the credits yeah i heard the song in the background i left the room <laughs> they just God. couldn't even be in there anymore <laughs> so uh, yeah i mean i i guess so a solid meh yeah <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. It sounds like we're like halfway. So actually, we're, we're sort of midway, maybe shying towards maybe. Past. I mean, if you, if you don't know a lot about the comic <laughs> industry. <laughs> but do, do we like it better than Watterson universally? Or is that like for me, I clearly liked it better than Watterson. It's a toss up. For wow. Yeah, okay. I feel like they are. It's even more mad. <laughs> yeah, it's a toss up. Okay. I think Watterson was 
better produced. Yeah. I liked that this one had a, a wide range. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if this would have been better, even though it was cool to see all the different people. It was cool they had the Dr. McNinja, Chris yeah. Hastings guy on there. Um, it was cool to see like this huge variety of people. I wonder if it would have been better served to do it more like um, the gaming one. Um, uh, I that yeah indie game the movie indie yeah. game the movie that would have been picked, amazing if they picked like three yeah. people maybe like an established person who's trying to figure out what to happen yeah and what's going to happen to them now that newspapers are kind of going like the you know the new upstart yeah. person who's like trying to break into web comics and like an, you know another third story that has a slightly different twist on the angle and just like really dive and yeah, through yeah. The story. The, and they could cut to the other guys too. yeah and you can go yeah. back and forth and you can get a little bit of color for you know from other yeah. people that want to lend a sure. commentary but like the three core stories and just sort of yeah. follow all of them. Yeah, that yeah, might have yeah. been a better format. Yeah, they, they had it's it's an amazing point because they had first off I, that occurred to me as well, but they had access to at least as many, you know, people resources as Indie Game the movie had, but they obviously made different decisions about it. But God, Indie Game the movie hits you. Like it at least for me. I, and you're really rooting for the guys. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. There's an emotion and plus there's an emotional arc there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's there's some people who are starting, some people who are finishing, and you feel invested and it's not like you said, it's not just a parade of people saying the same thing over and over again. It's like, yep, the last seven people said that. <laughs> the eighth person said the same thing. <laughs> no huge surprises. Yeah. But in the, I mean, the soundtrack also really helped it in the game. Yeah. I mean, the cinematography. Yeah. And I mean, there's, yeah. it seemed to be a much bigger budget thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, I guess personally, I think what we're all saying is that we would, we wish that whoever made that one <laughs> made this one with the same people. Yeah. Yeah. There's so. cool stories to be told about, like all the comics. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff, straight stuff there. They just, you know, because they tried to cast their net so wide, they ended up just being really shallow in yeah. all of it. I would actually really, I mean, it's interesting because it says comics, but I actually would like something like this, maybe the indie game, the movie take on like comic books. You know, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. assumed they were going to cover that. Like, oh, it's comics, yeah, all it of comics, you know, and it, it's it, all strips. Yeah. yeah. But I think that, I think because there's, there's a lot of comics now that are like, you know, have nothing to do with superheroes, you know, right. there's, there's sort of a resurgence of that. I would really be interested in that. So if somebody out there is listening, think, <laughs> let us know. We'll review it for you. There's a neat part where they sort of basically said that like people who maybe aren't into comics, they only know of like yeah. three different kinds of yeah. comics. There's Archie in the supermarket. Yep. And I was like, oh yeah, there's like a whole category yeah. of comics. Like, and then, you know, the cape and cowl, like Batman. Yep. And then Garfield. newspapers, yeah. right? And there's like nothing in between. In their mind, there's like nothing in between. It's like, oh, that's what all the good stuff is yeah. in, not yeah. those, you know? It, which, by the way, it's still it's shocking to me that Archie is like. I, I assume it's so selling what's well. What's the deal with Archie? Buying buying these what's it even I mean, about? Yeah, like, it's terrible. I don't. I, <laughs> I don't get it either. It's a, it must it must do well. I, I assume, I or maybe they, they maybe somebody's stocking because they assume everybody else is stocking. So they, it's just like you know, they all assume they need to stock it because somebody's buying it. Yes. Are, are, they, are, they, are they like the trashy romance novels that like you know, all the people that read them are, are too embarrassed to admit it, so they like guys, secretly buy it. At the... Guys, I have to tell you, I'm an Archie fan. You have an Archie habit. You've been telling me to tell us about. I take the shirt off. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I'm know. fascinated. I, I really, I, I need. We need to track down somebody who buys Archie comics at the <laughs> See, grocery there needs, store. There needs to be a documentary about this. Yes. <laughs> who is Archie? <laughs> what secrets Actually, are he, is he how, hiding? How funny would it be? It's like the the Donald Duck thing when they release in Germany. They have like this whole deep oh, film. Yeah. How funny would it be if we opened it and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> life changing. <laughs> we should review an Archie comic. Yeah, the odds are pretty low. <laughs> well, yes, the odds are pretty low, but you know, Donald Duck. Mm, who knows? Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. Actually, that's what it is. Was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Anyway, all right, I think so, that's the show. All right. All right, thanks for listening. As always, if you want to send us any feedback, you can find us on Twitter at Low Earth Show. Our website, where we keep meticulous show notes about everything we mentioned, is at lowearthorbit.fm. And our email address is feedback at lowearthorbit.fm. 
You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash low earth show. Yep. We're, we're getting new subscribers, literally ones subscribers a day. <laughs> I think it's a flood. I think, I think we're up to three, one of whom it's is me. <laughs> You're the guy. That's right. Yes. So if somebody wants to one up Justin, go ahead and subscribe. We'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll do something. I don't know what we'll do. I don't when know. we hit 10, I don't know. Maybe Justin will paste 10 on his face. And... <laughs> don't sign me up for that. <laughs> don't make the commitments like that. For We're going to shave 10 into it. <laughs> Can you right. confirm or deny? <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks for listening. Okay. See ya. Fiasco need to be my model to make sure the focus is set correctly. I mean, it's no me. modeling experience necessary. <laughs> I was the hand model last week, so <laughs> actually have some That's modeling right. experience. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit. There, there, there are a lot of movies called Stripped, which are not, not documentaries about comics. and not comics and not good. So I like the, the documentary Stripped. <laughs> Just to clarify. clarify. Yeah. Turns out there's also a movie that we should check out called Vampire Strippers. Oh. Great. You know, <laughs> you, you, you know, have you? I, I have not. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Chuck, check, 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 check.